You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the first episode of the Gastroenteritis Blues, a um, very popular name for a podcast. Uh, I'm Steve Lippman. I am with my co-hosts here, Dan Valpone and Emily Anderson. How are you guys doing? Doing good. Just, yeah. you know, trying to not think about last night, but besides that, good. Yeah. yeah, recovering emotionally, I would say. But other than that, good. Yeah. So, I don't know. We all are writers for Liberty Ballers. If you want to share anything else about yourselves, please go right ahead. Um, sure, yeah, so I'm Emily, um, I guess maybe obviously. Um, <laughs> I've been writing for Liberty Ballers for a few years. I mostly write recaps. Um, I'm a grad student, I live in Philadelphia, which is kind of fun because I've had the opportunity to like see some players like out on the street and things like that. I always like have my eye to the ground. Mm -hmm. um but yeah other than that i live in like i said south philly with my fiance and my dog and i'm what a sixth season she's a black lab what's her name luna love it mm. love it big dog guy. yes very happy to hear yeah that. she's a big sixers <laughs> fan too okay great i love that i have a i have a magnet on my car that says my dog is a sixers fan. <laughs> okay so good. if you see that car around town that's me luna can um, stay good yes but yeah that's pretty much it great dan so I'm Dan. I, um, I'll be a senior at Pitt this year, and I'm currently applying to medical schools. Uh, maybe we'll be back, you know, in the Philly area, which would be cool. And um, yeah, I've been writing for Liberty Ballers for, I guess, like a year and a half now. And I mostly write really dumb stuff that has, like, maybe only a little bit to do with, with anything related to their play. So mm -hmm. that's um, the podcast, baby. So this is really a great Perfect. fit for me. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I'm Steve. I, uh, I'm a stand-up comic and I act and I've been writing for Liberty Ballers for a few years now. Uh, I do a column that I try to put out every, every Monday, um, but that's about it. Um, I used to love Willie Green. Everybody hated him, but I loved Willie Green growing up. I don't know why. I think there was something about his face that was endearing to me and I really pulled for him and wanted him to do well. Um, that's, those are the main things about me, though. 
What about you guys? Any, Willie any Green fan is the most important thing that you need to know. Exactly. <laughs> Good foul shooter, Willie Green. Good foul shooter, definitely. Yep, that's, that's you know, that's it. I Who are your favorite, like, strange Sixers? Sixers that people m- maybe don't love? Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, my favorite player growing up was always Thad Young. Which was kind of, not that he was not well liked, but I don't think he was a normal favorite player. Right, like, he wouldn't be. Ever since they drafted player. him, I was like, I love this guy. Wow, um, the left hand. Yeah, and just the fact that he just like he would go for you know he would have like a thirty point game sometimes where he would just like get like a bunch of offensive rebounds and he was right. just a fun player I thought. Um, but God, I'm trying to think. I don't know if I have anyone that everyone didn't like that yeah. I liked. I have, like, a weird Sixers journey, so I was, like, very in on, like, that team that made it to the finals. Like, my first AIM screen name was Sixers Girl 07. Whoa. Yeah. Is that still your AIM screen name? It is is not. (laughs) I had a lot of other great ones. Okay, Um, But, so, that was, like, sixth grade, and then I kind of fell out of, like, loving basketball for a while and then got back into it when I moved to Philadelphia because tickets were so cheap. So I would go to games and that's so I kind of like re-fell in love with the team, like with these process sixers. So mm-hmm. uh, my guy's always been Covington. I know that's like not an unpopular choice. Everyone loves him, but like I he is polarizing like, love it. him. Some people, yeah. I think not a lot everyone. of people have problems with him and, and all that, but I love him. He's the best. Yeah. yeah. Um, I met him at an event once and I, for, I just recently changed my Facebook profile picture, but for a while, it was me and Robert Covington, and people would be like, "Oh, is that your boyfriend?" And I was like, "No." Oh, I'm surprised you even corrected them. You. I know. I always <laughs> joke with my fiance that I was going to put the picture of me and Robert Covington on our save the dates. That's great. So like, you know, just, he's like, "That's fine. I don't even care." <laughs> uh, I love Covington. Was he nice when you met him? So nice. It was like at the end of the event. It was one of those like season ticket holder things, mm-hmm. and uh, it was like back when the players just like milled around and it was like over and he was still meeting people. He was super nice. That's great. I'd love to yeah. hear that. Um, oh, he got way too much hate. He got a lot of hate. Speaking of hate, uh, I met Willie Green, my favorite once at a Verizon store. Oh, and he was, I don't want to say not nice, but not excited to meet me. But uh, he was, I think he was just buying a new phone, but he was, <laughs> he was nice enough. And, and I think we shared a connection. So That's a last night, the Sixers unfortunately played. Uh, I was covering the game for Liberty Ballers on Twitter, and you just remember so quickly how bad the games are, how upsetting. Like, all of the other stuff, this whole quarantine, everything has been changing and different, but they're still the Sixers, and it was awful. Embiid was like a plus 30, and they lost by six. Uh, how did you guys feel about it? Emily? Um, yeah, I was so excited for the game. I was like, <laughs> I had my jersey on and I got these like really cool new Sixer shorts. I like, had the whole outfit like a yep. real, real nerd. Um, and like I did a Peloton ride to get hyped. And then like my favorite Peloton instructor like dissed the Sixers in the ride. And I was like, Whoa. I should have known then that it was going to be bad. <laughs> but I was still, still hopeful. And then, you know, you're in the second quarter and I'm like, I forgot what this felt like. Right. But it, it's such a familiar feeling. I was like, oh, I haven't felt this in so long. But like, this is what watching the Sixers feels like. Like, yeah. it's a very like unique feeling and you only get it when a game is on. But I had it last night. Yeah. Dan? Yeah, I was also so excited for the game. 
so much so that I never bet on sports. I put 20 bucks on the Sixers to win. There was a nice odds boost and $10 on Simmons to make a three. And I had already planned I was going to buy new clothes. I was going to have it. <laughs> I knew it. I felt it. And then they started playing. And as soon as they gave up, you know, the first maybe six points of that 17-0 run, they were losing the game. And it, I, I knew it right there. It was, it was awful. Um, one thing that everybody started talking about is when Sheik yelled at Embiid and they were yelling at each other. Matisse was holding back. Sheik, so what looked like happened, this was when TJ McConnell was in the game. And TJ was just taking Sheik's lunch money every time down the court. It was, it was abuse. <laughs> and they ran a pick and roll, and then uh, TJ basically crossed him up and got them an easy layup, and, and Bede's yelling at Sheik. Uh, then TJ takes it right out of Sheik's hands. Sheik gets the ball again and goes down the court, offensive foul, timeout, and then they start yelling at each other. What was your perspective on that? Did you see it live, or did you have to see it, like, on Twitter? So I, I heard them talking about it. Um, like at the start of the halftime show, but I didn't see it when it happened. Oh, okay. And then, you know, uh, Wob on yes, Twitter that guy. tweeted out the video where you couldn't see anything. Uh, you couldn't see anything Joel said, but you looked like Shake when he got real mad said to Joel, you, like if you read his lips, it looked like he said, "You're gonna slap the shit out of who?" <laughs> Fixers. Yeah. Yep, there was definitely an MFR in there too. Definitely. There was definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I saw I didn't see the 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 bench fight live. I like saw it on Twitter and then I rewound my like DVR to watch it. But like even when Joe was inbounding the ball to shake, like when for the second TJ steal, I guess, mm-hmm. like you could t- see him yelling at him, like, yeah, what right. are you doing? And then right. he's like all flustered, and I'm just like, oh my God. Yeah, and as TJ took the ball from him, you could see Shake like starting to yell back at him too. Like, not even yeah. paying attention. It's right. like, you were playing a game. Like, stop yelling at each other. Oh, like, my this God. Is, this is I, the feeling. <laughs> this is the feeling. This is the absolute feeling of watching the Sixers play basketball. You were, you were talking about the process. Like, during the process, you never expected them to win. You never even wanted them to win. And now, they're supposed to be contenders, so you expect them to win every game. And it's a terrible viewing experience. I hate it. It is. Um, yeah. I, I hope that everything's okay with the two of them. Obviously, it seems like Embiid was upset about shaking an awful game. Yeah. He just like, there was all this Milton hype and then, uh, he just couldn't get anything going. He took, I think like one official shot, but he had, <laughs> I think five fouls, a uh, bunch of turnovers. Um, so I hope that that just gets out of the way and they can get on the same page, but cause I love them both, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, it was an upsetting watch. Does this change your opinion on the shake? as a starter thing at all, or do you think it's more of a bump in the road? I'd say bump in the road. Um, just because that, I know it was a scrimmage, but like that first scrimmage, it just looked so good. Right. You know, with Ben as a forward and Jake bringing up the ball and they were all like singing Shake's praises from practice, Joe included, like he's right. really like taking, I just, I don't know if it was like the moment got a little big for him or, you know, he just, he's young, like just having a bad game got flustered and got to in his head. So I'm hoping he can just shake it off and we'll see you. I think what they play Monday. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, they play Monday. Yeah, I think, I mean, I consider myself a bit of an overreactor, but even I would say, I mean, you can't give you're up. Philadelphia. On you're, you're yeah. I mean, of course, like I said, six points into their run, I knew the Sixers lost the game and right. it was tied in the first quarter, but, <laughs> but really like, Shake has had good games. It's one bad game. 
And they didn't take enough threes. Shake doesn't look for enough threes, but you can't go back to that old lineup. And when they're hitting their shots, they look so good. Yeah. And you know Horford doesn't work. You got to stick with it. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I think Derek Bodner of The Athletic had something recently about Shake's like numbers from college and like growing up. Like he has always been a great catch and shoot three point shooter. So I feel like that's real. I feel like there's enough of a sample size that at a minimum, he's going to be able to knock down open shots and get the ball uh, into the post. Well, I mean, Richardson had a really bad – he's not the only one. Simmons, defensively, for as good as he was all year, was awful. And part of I that is just T.J. Warren. Twitter for saying that, and I didn't but, understand yeah, I did. why. I, I was like – I know. Yeah, like, it's not a good game for him. It's okay. He's still good. I know. I, I – I, from the Liberty Ballers account, I wrote something about how Ben was sort of just getting killed by Warren, and people are like, imagine thinking this is how defense is played. I don't know. A lot of fans out there really voicing their praise for me. I appreciate it. But uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it was just a bad game. I mean, Ben didn't yeah, shoot a three. There was one particularly ugly sequence where it was like the end of the shot clock. Ben had the ball at the top of the key. Do you guys remember this? And he he could have just taken a three that wasn't completely open, but yeah. He ended up half driving and then kicking it out. It was just everybody except for Embiid and maybe Alec Burks, I feel like, looked pretty out of sorts. Yeah, Tobias had yeah. his moments, I thought. Right. Yeah, I was going to say. But, he has such quiet games. It's like yeah. Tobias just puts like up like a quiet 25, and you're like, oh, look at that. Like, right. Very unassuming. Tobias nice is like – Tobias will have like 30 on 20-some shots, and you're not even mad he's taking all the shots because he gets into some lineups where it's like, no one else on the court should be shooting the ball except Tobias Harris. Truly, yeah. yeah. No, he, he is tasked, I think, with carrying offensively a few of their bench units uh, because it's like Korkmaz will shoot when he's open, but that's basically it. He's a standstill guy. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, if his efficiency goes down a little bit, I'm kind of fine with it because yeah. the Sixers need guys, and that's why people like Alec Burke sometimes is because he has this confidence that he can get a bucket and make a shot, and Sixers don't have a lot of guys like that. Yeah. Uh, so it's definitely necessary. Yeah. Um, to transition to something happier, we talked ahead of the podcast about our five most handsome Sixers. Um, I'm sure we've already referenced a few of them. If we want to start with everybody's number five and then work in that order, um, I, I will cede the floor to Emily. Are we saying current Sixers or? Current Sixers slash coaching staff slash Jim Lynham. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think Jim, I think Jim Lynam might have snuck in there for me last <laughs> night. <laughs> snuck into that number five spot with that beard. Great. I love it. Dan? Yeah, I would say number five, I have Brett right now. I okay. like the shave. Some people didn't like the shave. I'm really happy with the shave. Oh, I do. I love the Brett beard. I like the, um, the, the polo shirt that he was wearing during the uh, – this is part of the, what the podcast is just going to be. I was talking about the hottest Sixers. During the scrimmages, he had a polo tucked into his pants. I thought he looked nice. Oh, yeah. I mentioned that. I said, I was like, oh, they just, like, bought the coaches a polo from, like, NBAstore.com. Like, they didn't even get, like, new – they're just golf polos. No, exactly. Exactly. It's like you get the – shoot. You, can, you can't ever get the shooting shirts, but, like, you can get the coaches' polos. You just yeah, go online. That's just as good. Yeah. Um, fifth most – I would say I would put Embiid as my fifth. Uh, he's a handsome man. He's a giant man. Uh, he's a great smile. He's a great smile. Yeah. I kind of wish that he smiled even more. Um, but you don't want to get into that Dwight Howard area where it looks like he doesn't care because that was the whole thing. 
but yeah, I put Embiid five and on to number four. Okay, so back to me. Going as we know, clearly, I like beard, so I'm going to go Kylo Quinn. Oh. Mm. Great beard. I like that. KO, wow. as they call him on in the Matisse vlogs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dan, you know, I, I don't have Kylo Quinn on my list, but do I. now that you said it and I'm thinking about it, like maybe I should have, but I'm going to stick to what I have. I have number four, Josh Richardson. Oh, you know. Do you I, like I, the blonde? Are you into the blonde hair? I, I'm not super into the blonde hair on anyone, but I think he pulls it off better than most. Like when Billy Collie Stein did it, like mm-hmm. I was like, this guy looks so bad. Like, yeah. Like he he just he, it's a bad look. But Josh <laughs> is like he's like he's such a cutie. I think he pulls it off well. I was partial to the Richardson afro. I really enjoyed that. That a lot. He had a too. giant, really nice afro that uh, I liked a lot. Number number four for me, I'll say Alec Burks. I think people don't talk about it. I think he's a handsome man. He's a nice smile. That's a good one. I'm going to go with another giant man who I really enjoy. I'm a, I'm a Norvell Pell kind of girl. Wow. Really? Mm-hmm. You have such, like, interesting picks. I've not thought of these. My number two, my top two are very, like, not surprising. But Softier. I actually – I have a picture of between, of me and Norvell Pell and Kyle O'Quinn, and I'm in the middle, and it's just so delightful. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> you have yeah. all these pictures. I have I have Sixers season tickets, so I always go to those like meet and greet events and just Got get it. pictures. And I've, I'm, you know, I'm I like the, to put them on the gram, you know, get That's the likes. You got to get likes. That's what it's all about, <laughs> folks. Uh, Dan, all right, my number three is another guy who sucked last night, Howell Neto. He actually oh. wasn't so bad, but they were all bad. Another guy I left off my list, but but very very handsome guy and a very nice accent. Yeah, you, and you see him out there on, on Matisse's vlogs with, like, you know, like, got the tank top on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's got the nice arms, the cute, yes. smile, perfect haircut. He's, 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 he's very proportional. Very proportional. He's not too tall. He yeah. fits into that, you know. This is, what the fuck are we? Okay. Um, <laughs> number three for me is Ben Simmons. I think he's a good-looking guy. He's very strong. He's gotten stronger uh, recently. And I actually, this might be unpopular but i like the hair that he's grown out he's grown out i do too more in quarantine i like it a lot yeah so my number two is ben as well i i like the hair but i like the hair and a headband i like the the headband with the with that yes i agree he didn't have a headband on like the whole time last night and i was like he needs a headband well and tobias is now no longer wearing a headband and he always used to wear headbands i think that tobias has gotten much better looking I think if you can pull off a headband that you should, because I was watching the Lakers game and Caruso was wearing a headband and I was mm-hmm. like, you cannot pull that off. So you should not be wearing one, but yeah. if you can, you should. Mm. I think. It's I like that. I agree. Yeah, I like that take. <laughs> My number two is Matisse Thibel, who is, I think the cutest sixer. Um, but I, w- I would not say the handsomest. I'd say he's the second handsomest. Oh, um, but definitely the cutest, I think. I mean, the smile is is contagious. Big time. Um, just everything about him is adorable. He's artsy. Yeah. He's got a yeah. lot. Yeah, he's, 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 got got, he's got all that kind of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my number two is uh, Shake Milton. Shake mm-hmm. is a handsome guy. Shake is, uh, I think that he's underratedly handsome. He doesn't have 
particularly nice hair. His hair is pretty regular, um, but just very nice facial <laughs> facial features. <laughs> this is good. Uh, what, about, what about you, Emily? So my number one is Tobias. I think wow. Whoa. very, very handsome guy. And just to go on the hair conversation, which we've been talking about so much, mm-hmm. my favorite subplot of Twitter was he got his hair cut at the barber shop by someone. And I think it was CJ McCollum was like tweeted at him and was like, yo, who cut your hair? And he said, Joel. And then people thought that Joel and Pete <laughs> was like doing fades like in the bubble. <laughs> Yeah. Which I just thought was so funny. But then if you watch Matisse's vlog, he calls the barbershop. He's like, yeah, Joel. Like, there's a barber named Joel at right. the barbershop. Yeah. But right. I just, like, really like to picture, like, Embiid, like, just, like, trimming people up in his hotel room. <laughs> he, just, he picked it up in the... Off- in the uh, yeah. Quarantine. Everyone needed to get a new hobby. So he picked yeah. up barbering. So but, yeah, Tobias. Can I ask, before we move on, what is your issue with Matisse? Because Matisse didn't even make your list at all. I know. I don't have an issue with Matisse. I don't know. I don't know if I just like overlooked him or what, but he, and maybe it's because he's like young and a lot of the people on my list are older. Mm-hmm. I guess Marvell's young, but he's so tall. But their Matisse looks very pretty, you know, yeah. whereas Norvell and KO, like they, they're more rugged. So maybe that yeah, is part maybe. of it. Maybe. But yeah, I don't want to take anything away. I think Matisse is very handsome. I would hate for him to listen to this and be offended. No, Matisse, yeah, we I all find you very attractive. <laughs> Adorable. Handsome. <laughs> anything you want to be, honestly. Dan, you're number one. All right. My number one is Benjamin Simmons. Wow. Um, I think... If, you, if you've never watched – I don't think he plays in a very attractive way, if I'm being honest. Like, when mm. I watch – even when he makes a shot, like, I've, I'll be thrilled, and I'm like, you, just, you look ugly shooting. Mm. But, but when, he, when you see him off the court or just, like, grabbing a rebound and going, I think is the one thing about his play. Right. It's kind of, like, the way he carries himself. I think he's, yep. always, very, he's always very neat um, and um, just, like – another guy who's very proportional i think yeah like matisse has like a very lanky look Mm -hmm. but you're talking about how neto has that look i think simmons has that look too but on a taller level right and he does a flex after a dunk that certainly gets the people going yeah i'm into it yeah um my number one is actually matisse i i think i've been skewed by the vlogs just staring at his face so much but he's just like a very sort of like well put together man and, and his, his personality definitely adds to this, that he's just like, he's so charming and likable. And, um, and, and you know, he seems so nice. And uh, I love the hair. He put a little blonde in his hair, just a touch. I think, uh, I think that's very good. And I think we should all do it too. Um, I wanted to add one thing about basketball, the last thing about basketball, thank God. Uh, the one good takeaway from last night is that Embiid, I thought, looked great and uh, totally beat up on... Uh, Indiana, which of course he should have, but everybody worried about a long layoff for him, and it, he seemed like himself. He even had like a shimmy at one point. He yep, like yes. shimmied in someone's face, and I was like, "There's my guy." Right, right, yeah, that, and right after a beautiful move too. Yeah, no, I mean he's been. He saves them for good ones. He's been tormenting mm-hmm. Miles Turner for forever. He just loves when Miles Turner's on the other team. I loved. I heard on the broadcast they were like, "Oh yeah, Miles Turner, like he's been in foul trouble, like this." 
series or like in the quarantine and i'm like he's always in foul trouble yeah. like that's literally his career is like miles turner is in foul trouble always right a little bit of what happens with Embiid and turner is what happened with Embiid and whiteside where they would kill them they would kill miami when whiteside was on the court but Embiid was getting so many fouls on him that they would take him out it was like worse for the yeah. sixers yeah because they would take him out but it you know it's because he was abusing him too much it's fun to watch it's really fun to watch uh, so, Dan, you have something that uh, I think you're going to lead here. Uh, why don't you introduce it? Yeah, all right. So we, uh, we have a game that we're going to play it's from some random dude's Quizlet called Most Likely Game. Great. And uh, it's, it's a great drinking game sometimes to play mm-hmm. uh, if you're with friends and you're on Zoom because that's how things are now. <laughs> um, but we're going to play it with Sixers players as opposed to ourselves. So we're going to do a little uh, best of seven series here. Um, between Steve and Emily, I'm going to be the official, and we'll take turns of who gets to go first. Okay. Um, so whoever goes first, the person who goes second has to say a different player, even if that would have been their first pick. Oh, wow. Okay. So give your pick, make a little case, and then, you know, we'll, we'll keep score. Okay. So you have to say which sixer is most likely to do these things. Right. Do we know who's first? Uh, let's have... Emily, go first this time. You'll go first next time. Great. And we'll just alternate. She's got home court advantage. Mm-hmm. So, um, with the theme of the podcast, first one up is who clogs the toilet at their friend's house and says nothing? All right. So, I'm going to go Joe because there's that viral video of the Sixers on the bench when someone passed gas. And I'm pretty sure, I mean, Zaire was on the bench too, but I don't think it's him. No, I think it was part. Joe. Yeah, no so I'm gonna go Joe. Okay. Okay. Um, now, am I am I supposed to counter what she said? If you'd like. Okay. Here's my and all due respect. Here's <laughs> what I would like to say. Embiid is such a high profile person that he doesn't want. You know, Nerlens at one point had a story about him shitting all over an apartment. Nobody wants that. So I think that Embiid would be the person to do it, but he's a little bit too in the spotlight. I think the real person here is Glenn Robinson III. Oh. That guy leaves some floaters. <laughs> I think that the problem is that he doesn't know his role. He got on the team. He's not sure about his role. He, he can act out. So I think that that's – if you didn't bring him the right lunch during that day, he goes upstairs, he leaves one. So that's what I think. Well, I see that's it. I, my first thought was also Joe, but with the, with the acting out, with the, the mad about his minutes after two games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I am, I'm going to give it to Emily on this oh, one. Okay. She, she'll take the 1-0 lead. All right. All right. All right, Steve, you're up first here. All right. So um, the question is, who would try to talk down the price of Girl Scout cookies? Hmm. Oh, I wish J.J. Redick was still on the team. <laughs> that would be him. Um, who would try to talk down the price of Girl Scout cookies? I'll say Kyle Quinn. I think that he could definitely be a frugal man. And he's just, he's a very good talker. So I feel like he could try to, like, Vince Vaughn Wedding Crashers, like, quick chat and try to get his way, like, paying half price on some Samoas. So that, I'll go with Kyle Quinn. Okay. Kyle Quinn. All right. That's a good one. Um, Thank you. I'm going to go with, Shayok, just because 
He spent a lot of time in the G League. He doesn't make as much money as the mm-hmm. rest of these guys. He's not as recognizable, so you wouldn't get like a tweet like, you know, Ben Simmons tried to scam my child out of their Girl Scout <laughs> cookie money. Um, so I'm going to go Shaya. Okay. If anything, you might get a tweet like Kevin Durant tried to scam my kid. Right, right. <laughs> All right. I'm going to give that one to Steve. Love it. Right. Let's Although go. you did make some good points, but but I see it something in KOQ's beard really mm-hmm. makes the smile. Good. He's got a nice smile. Very nice. Yeah. Very handsome. He could convince me to do to do some stuff. I agree. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Emily, you're up for this one. Whose Google search history would you most like to see, or maybe um, we'd like to see? Oof. I mean, you can take that how you want. Wow. Let's see. I'm going to go. Furcon. I just think he's a little quiet, unassuming, but like I think that there's like some weird stuff going on. Not like bad weird, just like I think he's like he just probably like Googles everything. I don't Mm -hmm. know why I think that. Maybe because he's from Turkey, so like maybe some things he's not like used to all of like American pop culture. So he just like is really into learning a lot of things. (laughs) Okay. I like that answer. Um, I'm going to say Matisse. I think he's a very curious guy and he's also so innocent. I feel like the things he would Google are like, how many rainbows are there at the moment? Or like, <laughs> what's the prettiest shade? Or I don't, I don't know. I think that it would be a, a fun, it would, there'd be no dark web stuff. I, I it would be very comfortable to, to look at his search history. All right. I'll, I'm going to go Steve on that one. I would have gone Steve on that one too. That was a great wow. answer. Thank you so you much. Really drew me I want to Google how many rainbows are there now. <laughs> Let's next episode. We'll go through that. Yeah. I like the idea that there's like a finite number of rainbows. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, next, all right, so 2-1 lead for Steve. All right, and then this one is Steve first. Who would be the best partner at Trivia Night? Who would be the best partner at Trivia Night? Um, hmm. I'm looking, through, I'm looking through the roster. I will say Tobias. I think that he's very smart and well-studied. Uh, but I, but I would think that he, I think he posts stuff about music sometimes too, cause I'm thinking of like pop culture stuff too. And, and I think that he's a person of the world and, and he's been to, he's been on so many different teams. He's had lots of life experience. I'll say yeah, Tobias. I'll round a guy. Yeah. 
That's such, that's the right answer. <laughs> but I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Al Horford. I think for a lot of the same reasons. I know, I know, but he's, he's the elder statesman on the team. He's been, you know, he's been on this earth the longest. He like, he has, you know, a family. And that makes me think that he like sits at home and reads that night while his, after his kids go to bed and he has a very like methodical approach to himself. He seems very calm. He wouldn't get too excited at like trivia questions if there was a speed round it would be great to have him as like a level head on your team right so i'm gonna go with horford yeah it's definitely tobias but Mm -hmm. (laughs) nice point that the sixers are a very well-read team yeah no the only thing i would worry about with horford is a pop culture section but i'm really good at that so he's my my partner i should have thought of that but you you, oh yeah that would have been a good case for you if you had the other half (laughs) should have said it oh I need to work on my my skill, my debate skills and my reasoning <laughs> next week. All right, so we got three to one. Steve could end it here. Wow, okay. this is Emily first, I think. Yeah. Yes. Who would is. be your one call if you got arrested? And I know who I think already, but I want to hear your, you guys out. Um, I'm gonna go with Mike Scott mm, just because um, I know that he has had some trouble with the law in the past and would potentially know some good lawyers who could help me out. Yeah, no, he said, shout out my lawyer at one point. I, he, yeah. Right, yeah. What a guy. <laughs> um, who would I say? Um, God, man, Mike Scott's a good answer. I'll say Simmons. The, reason, the only reason I'll say Simmons is because he's so famous that maybe – if, it, if I'm in, in jail for some sort of trivial thing, they let me out because, like, Ben Simmons is there and they want to curry a favor with him. I don't think that's the best answer. Though. So my, my original thought was Ben, but Emily talked me into it. Yeah. Is Ben's tough as hell, put Cat in a headlock on the ground. He did. Super yeah. cool shit. So yeah. But, but, yeah, Mike Scott, he's got the experience. And I think he's the kind of guy who would, like, you know, pay your bail or something. Yeah, like I yeah. think he would definitely be there for you. Yeah, yeah. that's a good one. All right, three but two, now it's three two, right? Yeah. All right, that's. I'm happy I got that one. I feel like more respectful. <laughs> you didn't want to get blown out. out. Like, yeah. No. Yeah, that was a great answer. <laughs> Thank you. All right, Steve, who would survive the longest in a zombie apocalypse? All right. Um, oh, you know what? Just looking at him right now, I think Norvell. There's something. To use a Brett Brown word, like sadistic, about the way he blocks people, he just fucking loves it, and like he gets so into it. I feel like, and he's giant and and athletic. I feel like Norvell could. The problem is that he's not so inconspicuous. He sticks out, and zombies. You're not hiding him anywhere. You're not hiding him anywhere. But I feel like uh, Norvell would would be my pick. Yeah. So I'm gonna go the opposite end of that, and I'm gonna say Neto. Just because he's smaller, so he might not need to eat as much if there's, like, a f- yeah. food shortage. You could, like, hide him in little places. But, I mean, he's one. He's not that little. <laughs> but, like, you could maybe – he could hide. Like, he's a little, like, shiftier. <laughs> you could, like – zombies aren't that fast, so, like, maybe right. you could outrun them. Okay. So go with That's good. <laughs> I, have, I, have to, I have to say I did not expect Neto. You made a nice case, but I got to give it to Steve on this one. I wanted right. him six. Yeah, Stephen Six. Just because wow. Norvell Pell, just by the look of him, I think he'd be successful out there. He looks. I agree. He looks like a guy who could handle stuff. 
Yeah, he does. All right. Yeah. Well, that was a lot of fun. I think we'll revisit that. Yeah, and definitely yeah. send us some send us some most likely questions here. Yeah, well, yeah, we're we'd happy love to, to crowdsource them. Exactly. Yeah, um, yeah not gonna lie, this Quizlet has some kind of offensive ones that I skipped over, which is why <laughs> I didn't credit the person who made it. Oh, got it. Okay. That's good. Well, Let's skip the offensive. Screw that. Ones. <laughs> um, all right. Sort of speaking of that, Dan, you had something that you wanted to bring up about sort of the uh, athlete culture and stuff that has gone on in the news during the quarantine. Yeah, there is. Um, there's something that has been really prevalent, I would say, with athletes and sometimes celebrities lately. Um, and it's definitely not most people by any means. But there's like, there are definitely a few people who have gotten really weird into like anti-Semitic conspiracies and like famous people. Um, and I think it's something that needs to be talked about um, because it's dangerous and um, it's just not like historical, like things that they cite as, you know, their reasoning are just simply not true. Um, and I definitely wanted to make sure we get to touch on it because um, I know like Steve, you're Jewish. Yeah. And um, like, I have a lot of Jewish members of my family and, mm -hmm. um, and honestly, like, I don't, um, I don't really have, uh, like my mom has, my mom who's the Jewish side of my family has always said like, you know, like your cousins probably have a different experience than you because like their, um, their last name is like a very Jewish sounding last name. Yeah. Whereas mine is not, mine is from my dad's side, which is like an Italian last name. Um, so I never like kind of experienced any like teasing or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I never really, uh, you know, thought anything of it. Um, but in, my sophomore year, which was last year, I'm sure a lot of people remember the Tree of Life shooting in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Which was actually like right on the same street as my apartment, just a mile and a half down the road. Wow. Um, so it was, I mean, it's really sad. And um, it kind of made me think more about it. Um, and there definitely is like hate crime against Jewish people on the rise in the United States and everywhere, actually. Like even in Germany, they have like um, a big spike in uh, neo-Nazis. And I, I just wanted to, you know, have, you know, hear your thoughts and talk about it a bit because I think two things, A, um, like their facts are like crap, mm -hmm. like they're just, they're not true. And um, the, uh, the second one, I forget what the second thing was, but I thought it was important we talked about it. Yeah. So this sort of came up from Deshaun Jackson, who's in, obviously on the Eagles, and he posted a quote that was attributed to Hitler on his Instagram and then people were like, hey, probably not great. And then he was like, no, 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 it's this Hitler quote. And we were like, yeah, no, that really wasn't the point. point. Nope, not the point. <laughs> um, and then Nick Cannon. Uh, now, part of this stems from Louis Farrakhan, who uh, a lot of people will look up to in terms of his racial justice uh, points, but he also has a long history of being homophobic and anti-Semitic and um, sort of uh, stoking a lot of those things. And, uh, you know, I, I, it, what you don't want is for this to branch off from the Black Lives Matter movement, which is doing so much good and which right. is like so admirable and so like, and, and so of the moment and deserves the moment that when you see anybody who is a part of that taking part in sort of like injustice towards Jewish people or like 
proliferating stereotypes about Jewish people, it, it's really unproductive. So, mm -hmm. you know, what you would just want is that the right information hits those people. So yeah. like, I, I think that it's probably easy when Deshaun does something like that to, like my instinct was like, okay, just cut them. Like cut them, I'm, I'm good, like, no thanks, well, whatever. Um, I know that there's another school of thought, which is what the Eagles are doing, which is like, they feel like it was of ignorance and not of hatred, mm -hmm. you know, that they feel like, you know, he's been in the league for 13 years. There hasn't been something like this uh, from him. So they feel like they can use this as an opportunity if he's willing and, and we'll see about that, but he says that he is to learn about it. So when I think the important thing is that, you know, like, like all of the shittiness in the world, it's never going to be completely eradicated, yeah. but when it comes up that there are enough people who are allies and who are now knowledgeable to, to, to teach people about it and to like, and, and, and to be allies who are not of the same cause, like the black lives matter movement needs people who are not affected by it to give a shit to, to like be out in the streets protesting to donate to, you know, yeah. movements can't do it on their own. So in the same vein, Jewish people will need, as these things happen and, and they will, you know, they will continue to happen, hopefully on small scales. Uh, they will need people who are not directly affected to care about it too. So you would hope that people just continue to educate themselves and speak up when, you know, lies about like the Jews owning the banks or owning Hollywood or whatever, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, so you would just, it's important to talk about it and to shoot it down and to not just sort of like laugh it off because that's how these things, persist yeah. is that well, like your point yeah um where you talked about like making sure that um that everyone has the right information um i think part of the reason it's bothered me so much is i felt like there were some leaders and this was the second point i couldn't remember earlier that have not taken a strong enough stance um because it's so easy like it's i don't think it's hard to say don't say that you're wrong here's mm -hmm. why you're wrong it's it's not hard um and like you said, like it, it, it seems to come from like this weird tie that people think it has to Black Lives Matter, which mm -hmm. is not a hateful organization and anti-Semitism is not a part of, of Black Lives Matter. Right, right. Um, so anyone who, who tries to draw a connection there is making a false connection. Right. Um, and like someone I've always kind of looked up to and I thought was really strong on social justice issues and always one of my favorite players is Malcolm Jenkins. Right. And I thought his statement was absolute shit. Right. Um, like he said, you know, like, you know, they're not our problem. Like we're not their problem, but like, I don't like, it's not about whose problem is who it's not about, you know, certain groups of people being your problem. You could just, he didn't need to make it his issue. He should, I mean, he's fighting for, for great things and he should keep fighting for those things. No one's asking him to change his focus. Right. Just, just say something like, Deshaun shouldn't have said that. He was wrong. Right. And he he gave a very non-committal, like, disavowing of it, where, where all he really had to do was just be like, no, that's actually shitty and yeah. disagree, hard disagree, you know? Yeah. Um, he, he basically framed it as, like, a distraction from the movement. Right. It's just, it, it was more than that, you know? And I'm sure, you know, he, he has so much goodwill that he's built up. Like, I'm sure that, you know, if right, you I don't hate spoke him, to him. No, no, no. If you actually spoke to him, I'm sure that he understands that. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, it was definitely it was definitely disappointing. And like you said, like 
the things that people reference, like, you know, the Jews own this, the Jews control that, and then therefore they can be blamed for problems. Like yeah. if, you, if you look at just the United States, and eat, first of all, if the United States is like mostly, like most of the people in power are Christian, does not mean that Christians should be blamed for any problems right. by any means. Right. Like it's not the religion or anything. Yeah. But just to, to, to say that the Jews are running the institutions is just not true at all. Like right. they're, a, they're a huge minority in the country. I think they're, what is it, like 2% or something? Uh, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, so it was yeah. crazy low. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm glad that, you know, we talked about it. And as things come up, whether they're Jewish or anything, you know, anything, I feel like we should take the time and talk about it. And however many people this reaches, you would hope that that then sort of uh, helps to get rid of it, at least in our community, you know. Yep, for sure. So to transition, the other thing that was big during the quarantine is Matisse Thibel started doing his vlog series which is very, it's like inside the bubble. So it's him taking out, it's pretty like unprecedented look at what life is like in there. And what have been your favorite parts of Matisse's series? Um, my favorite part is personally, well, first I want to say thanks for that conversation. Oh, sure. Um, I was just very quiet. I don't have any relatives of Jewish faith or anything like that. So I was just kind of listening and learning, but mm -hmm. I just think it's a valuable conversation. So thanks you guys for having it. Yeah, of course. Um, but back to the vlogs, my favorite part is Matisse's dad. Oh Yeah. Um, the fact that he like FaceTimes him and his dad just like flexes on the <laughs> FaceTime. And then the fact that he set Matisse asked for pictures of the ca of his family for like the digital frame and his dad just sent him a bunch of selfies. <laughs> I just think it's so funny. Like I want to be friends with Matisse's dad. He yeah. seems great. He's unbelievable. And I remember watching things from him uh, after we drafted Matisse. Matisse's mother passed away from cancer and they just seem like they have such a great relationship. Yeah, uh, and and he just sort of like beams when he talks about Matisse. So that's yeah, it's I love him. Sweet. He's great. Dan, what about you? So I'm not fully caught up, but okay. I have watched the most recent vlog. And um, Tobias, there's something about Tobias stealing food. Um, oh yeah. Who else was it? Was it was it Kylo Quinn? Probably. So yeah, for people who haven't seen it yet, in in the I think the early part of the new vlog, it has Tobias who went apparently to the other buffets of the other teams and stole food. And Tobias was like, no, today I play for Memphis and Orlando and yeah. for the sick, you know. Uh, so I'm so fun. confused. They don't all have the same food. Like, why does, I don't know. Why does Memphis have better food than we do? <laughs> why, like, why do we have shitty food? Many, right. Rooms are, how many dining rooms do they have in this hotel? There's like 10 teams in there. Right. I I've no stayed idea. at this hotel. It's huge. It's so big. Yeah. When were you um, there? A while ago. So when I was in college um where i interned if you got a job offer they sent you to disney world wow and that's where we stayed so I, i'm always like i wonder if like a sixer is staying in the room i stayed in yeah but it's a the hotel is huge it's like disney's premier wow. property yeah um you know the the other big takeaways from at least the most recent um vlogs have been sort of Matisse and Kylo Quinn and Tobias's conversations about how they want to protest and demonstrate uh, for, you know, against police brutality and racial injustice. I just think those are such cool conversations to get to see. Uh, it's pretty awesome. You know, they have, they also have like an executive from the Sixers at different times who were talking to them about, uh, 
you know, how they're supported and, and ways that they can uh, sort of help them. And, uh, you know, Tobias has been at the forefront of that. And uh, so I think getting to see, you know, because they were talking about Kylo Quinn at one point was saying, like, we all need to be comfortable if we're going to do something as a unit. We all need to be comfortable talking about it. So he was mm. like, something that applies, applies to me might not apply to Furcon, might not apply to Joel. You know, everybody has their own experience. So I thought those were really, like, interesting to get to watch. Yeah, especially um, in the last one that looks like they were in like a team meeting of sorts kind of to decide like what their demonstration would be during the national anthem for this first game. And I thought it was really cool. Um, Tobias was leading the conversation, but also to have Furcon and Neto like speak out and say like, I'm not from this place, but <laughs> and like Furcon was saying like in Turkey, like you don't kneel for the flag. And like right. if you listen to like Ennis Kanter on anything, like you don't mess with the Turkish yeah. government. Mm -hmm. um but he's like i i live here and i make my money here and you guys like are basically are my brothers and i want to support you so like i support this movement and right. this if this is what we're doing then i'm gonna do it with you so um i just think it's it's really cool to hear all of these guys talk about this because not necessarily like you know furcon is not gonna go on a no one's really inviting furcon on a podcast to talk about this but it's mm -hmm. really nice to hear um, that they all are supporting this movement and we get to hear it through the vlogs, which I think is really cool. Yeah, I think you bring up kind of just like a good point that can be applied just in general, which is that I think the Sixers um, consistently make us very proud with how they handle social issues. Yeah. Um, and that goes for, I, I can't even think of an exception on the team. I know some people were um, like upset Joel was quiet about it on Twitter at least, but I don't, I, you know, he is going to handle things how he likes. I mean, I don't think not everyone has to, you know, handle things the same way. Right. Um, but the, but even going back to, I think kind of the first big example was um, when Ben Simmons uh, stood up for egg boy. Right. Um, and which was um, obviously, you know, pissed a few people off and that was a lighter example and was pretty damn funny. Yeah. But, um, but definitely as, as this has um, gotten its deserved moment in the spotlight, the Black Lives Matter movement, um, the Sixers have been right there. Tobias, Matisse at protests. Um, I know other people were too. Um, and just, um, you know, using their platform to educate people. Um, uh, Mike Scott, I think, was either there or, um, or just like um, talking on Twitter about how he was really proud of, I know he was talking about he was proud of Tobias being there. Mm -hmm. I think they had him on FaceTime. Like I went uh, to buy yeah, protest and I think they have Mike on FaceTime. Right, right, right. Yeah. And, you know, using their press conferences to talk about Breonna Taylor, mm -hmm. which is obviously really important. Um, and it's important to talk about her, you know, in a way that's not making a meme out of things. Right. Um, and I think the Sixers have just found a really good balance of, of using their platform, but, you know, using it with the clear focus of things they care about and not kind of because it's popular or anything like that. I think they, they really are leaders and, you know, they definitely in that way make us very proud. Yeah. And Brett um, is pretty uh, supportive, you know, mm -hmm. as far as we can tell, he's very supportive of the guys and what they're doing. And Elton Brand, Elton Brand, who is one of, there's not many black GMs in the NBA and uh, he was marching with Tobias and Matisse and Kyle Lowry in Philly. So I think that's great. I mean, yeah. uh, now if you want to talk about a move that Elton Brand made, which is the trade and the contract for Tobias, Dan, if you have an issue, I'd like you to talk <laughs> about it. 
Yeah, we can we can go into that. One wait, one thing I do want to say though, mm-hmm. and right before we go into that, is that Josh Harris still sucks. Oh. Uh, he's horrible on these issues. He'll talk about them like he supports them, but he he donates to politicians that are against them, and he he doesn't really care. Um, no, 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 but I, I, I honestly am just happy that he hasn't like muzzled them and yes, at least not, they have a let, not let Brett or Elton or, or any of the players, you know, all I want is him to shut up and stay out of the way. Right. Stay like, out of the way. I no have no hope. From him anyway. Right. You're not going to see Josh Harris marching in the street or taking a knee on the side. Like it, we, we understand who that guy is. Um, but right. yeah, I, I totally agree that he yeah. is, he is the like black cloud over the Sixers, but as long as he's not. <laughs> like affecting things and affecting their voices, then I think it's okay, you know, for sure for now. So I know Steve and I have had nothing, nothing angry, but we've, we've, we definitely disagree on the Tobias contract. I'm not sure where Emily stands on this one, but Mm -hmm. um, so Steve's view is um, without making a case or anything, just to put it simply that he loves Tobias. He's over the contract. Um, Tobias is a good guy. He's a decent enough player. Happy to have him on the team. Correct. My view is that Tobias is a decent enough player. He's a great guy. However, every time I watch him play and miss eight straight shots short, <laughs> I think about how Sam Hinkie set the Sixers up after years of us watching them not win games and they were in perfect position and we dumped both assets and cap space into a guy who is at the origin of all of the TPA graphs and it drives me nuts. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. You know what, man, I'm good with it. Uh, you know, <laughs> not everybody's going to be perfect. He's a sweet guy. He's a smart yes. guy. I'm happy to root for him yeah, at a certain point. Uh, there wasn't basketball for four months. So I was very into, as I always am, the, the non-basketball stuff. Right. So, uh, and, and he's not a bad, I don't think he's a minus. I think he's a good player no. and, yeah. and his skill set works with the two best players. Luna is now on the screen. Uh, Luna's made a few that. appearances. That's She's great. We need neat. to set her up with the camera next on Tobias Harris and his contract. Yeah. Um, I'm more with Steve in this one. It's kind of like a sunk cost, right? We, it's the contract where you're not going to do anything with it. It's, yeah. I mean, I not guess there's things you can do. Yeah. It's just like, like you said, he's a sweet guy. First team all sweet, Tobias Harris. Like, <laughs> let's, you know, we have him. It's like the same thing. Like, I can get mad about the Al Horford contract all I want, but it doesn't change the fact that, like, this is the contract. And, like, we basically gave him $140 million so Joel doesn't have to play him. <laughs> like, it's like, let's give TJ Warren $140 million too yeah. now. Like, I don't, True. this is what we do. We just take players that we can't beat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um yeah I'm of like the sunk cost kind of mindset I try not to get like too bogged down into to getting mad about contracts because I mean there's nothing I can do about it not that I can do anything about any of this but <laughs> is, is Luna like, with you huh does, she, does Luna agree with you yeah Luna likes Tobias Harris okay, okay. that's good to know Luna um, was really upset though about the coving like when they traded Covington for Jimmy oh, Butler. Sure. She's not over that. Um uh, yeah. They traded Covington like the day that I had ordered a Covington jersey for my girlfriend. My girlfriend loves Covington too. Uh so that was like a bummer when yeah. when that happened. But yeah, no, the Tobias thing, the contract, there's no argument that he's not overpaid. He's overpaid. They traded too much for him. That that's all true. I I and it looks like Emily, we're just 
able to sort of be like, eh, what are, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. At this point, you know. Yeah, I guess it's not too much of a debate. This, the thing that has me hung up is that I felt like I got so invested in the team building side of it, um, especially when that was all we had. And it was like the guys here, most of them won't be around. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like, you know, guys in and out the door. And, you know, we were talking ourselves into like, oh, you know, we're definitely, you know, we have Ben, Joel, we're going to be winning championships. And it, it feels like, um, not that he doesn't help the team on the court, but that his contract is, is in the way of potentially getting them there. But I agree with everything you guys say. I think I'm just a pessimist, maybe. I think uh, it's all fair. I think that's yeah. all fair. And so, it is hard because... Yeah, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Um, I was just going to say, um, in the process era, we all became so obsessed with team building and things like that. But I think in the long run, if you're going to build a contender and like a small dynasty... Like you're, I mean, you're still team building, but you're not going to have those people in and out the door. Like you want a core that's going to be around and you're going to build around them with like small little role players. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just think with the way the process was, we all became kind of obsessed with like trading and pick swaps and picks and everything to like get all these pieces. But at a certain point you kind of have to like lock it in and then see where you're going. And I feel like it's now when Joe and Ben are like into their prime and maybe Tobias isn't that right piece, but he's what he, what we've got. So I feel like we've got to do with it what we can. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the big thing though is, you know, especially with the way the NBA NBA is now, like they need to optimize the roster around Embiid and Simmons, who I think are totally the guys. Like I don't, right. Simmons can frustrate you, whatever. Like I, those are the guys. Absolutely. Because the, it, it, it's it's not hard to imagine a scary future where one of them goes, I'm actually done. Like, I, I want to be someplace else. And I, you know, so they need to, I think this season, I actually do think they'll find a way off of Al uh, this offseason, either with Josh or with a pick or both. You know, that just seems uh, likely. But I, I think that they don't have many more chances. And, you know, if they are going to fire Brett and hire a new coach, which I expect if they're not in the yeah. finals, they better get some input from those two because it, I think it's a big decision. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. So we're winding down, but before we get out of here, Emily has a story about Embiid. So we'd like to make a headline here. Emily, go right ahead. Oh, yeah. I've been sitting on this story because I'm very <laughs> pro Joel Embiid and I don't stand for Embiid slander. My dad last night was texting me and he was like, bench him. And I was like, I don't stand for that in this <laughs> household. Like, you need to stop. But um, last two seasons ago when Joe, the, all the stuff was about his conditioning and he got caught leaving Shake Shack in New York um, when they were playing the Nets and everyone was like, yeah, he's not conditioned because he eats too much Shake Shack. <laughs> um, so that like literally, I think that was like a Friday that Sunday night I was walking to my friend's house to watch Game of Thrones and I walked past Joe and his dog and his girlfriend going to Shake Shack. Wow. And I watched them walk into Shake Shack and I was like, I can't tell anyone about this. Like this, <laughs> this like like if I tweet about this, like it might get picked up. Like I don't want to risk it. Like I can't have anyone oh talking about Joe and his conditioning and the Shake Shack. Like he's having it again. <laughs> like I can't this guy and, doesn't um, give a shit. <laughs> yeah, like I couldn't I couldn't do it so I sat on it but after a 41 and 21 game where he looked good he played a lot of minutes I feel like I can I could tell the story so wow. yeah yeah and, I, I mean, can confirm Joe was eating a lot of shake yeah but I was so starstruck I like almost hyperventilated and my 
fiance like had to hit me and he was like, stop, <laughs> be cool, don't say anything. I had like my Sixers denim jacket on and I was wow. like, maybe he'll see it. He didn't. You sacrificed so many likes and retweets for your fandom. I think that that's, that's really great. What a I'm a true fan. fan. Um, that's a good fan right there. It really is. So this upcoming schedule this week, they're going to play the Spurs, Wizards, and Magic. Um, Three after, after yesterday, yeah, right. Nothing feels good. Nothing's optimistic. Uh, anything that you're particularly looking forward to seeing other than Matisse's next vlog? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, looking at these teams, they're, they're definitely teams who are on the lower end of the bubble, teams the Sixers won't play in the playoffs, which is right. why I'm sure they're not going to play well. Mm-hmm. Um, although I could be wrong. Maybe they'll bounce back. I hope I'm wrong. But yeah. Yeah. based on how these games seem to go when there's no playoff implications there, it feels like this is a game where MB doesn't seem to care. Um, we'll see. The, uh, the, the Wizards seems like an impossible game to lose to me. Which I means know, they'll lose it. Exactly. Yeah. That's, the other know. two seem, you know, they at least have guys there. You know, they brought their team to the bubble. Yeah. The Wizards are starting five guys who don't do anything, but that just means Thomas Bryan is going to make Embiid look bad or something. That's true. The, the, the fact that the Wizards and the Suns are in this bubble is just like 70 additional people to, like, <laughs> to, to risk getting now obviously they've done a great job so far on the safety of it but it seems like such an like such a bald money play to just hey how about these two teams that's fun like i don't know but um though i guess the one uh thing to look for is that i think that they're gonna play markel with the magic so um uh this he was supposed to play in philly they were supposed to have a game at the end of the season where the magic came to Philadelphia and it would have been Markel's return. Uh, but I guess we'll, we'll, I know I'm, I would have been very upset. <laughs> I had a lot of stock built up in Markel that didn't quite pan out. Yeah. Uh, that was upsetting. And we um, really prematurely celebrated that one too. Big time. Where everyone even picked him. So we, as a group, <laughs> Sixers fans, we were a little bit unsufferable and this is what we got. Yeah. Insufferable. Sorry. That's right, and that's what the podcast is all about. Anything else that you guys would like to add before we end this? Go Sixers. That's Go all Sixers. I Win Go Sixers. one game this week. Win one game. Thank all you, guys. Time. This has been so fun. Thank you, anybody, for listening. Let us know what you like, if you liked it, if you didn't like it, not interested in hearing about it. Um, <laughs> Emily, thank you. Dan, thank you. Luna, thank you. Uh, what a great time. And we're going to be – we'll talk to you next week and then every week after that. Yes. Thank you, guys. Thanks. See ya. See ya.